Well, hello and welcome to Redeemer Radio, the podcast of Redeemer Bible Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. My name is J. Aaron White, and I'll be your host for this episode. And I am joined today by a good friend of mine, Matt Moore. Matt, why don't you say hello? Hello. Good. You said hello. (laughs) (laughs) Matt and I uh, are two sinners saved by grace who love Jesus and who love the church. And as we've gotten to be friends and shared our testimonies, we find that we have another common bond, and that is that we, to various degrees, have struggled with OCD and anxiety and depression. And so as we shared our testimonies of God's grace and faithfulness through that, we thought, well, let's take it to the podcast and let's just have an open dialogue about what it means um, to love the Lord, to believe in salvation by faith alone through grace alone to love the gospel uh, but to also have wrestled with something that a lot of people don't talk about something that if my statistics are correct a lot of people take up to 11 years to get any type of treatment between the onset of symptoms and the time of treatment and so Matt I'm gonna kind of push the ball back over to you and you can push it back to me but as our listeners are joining in essentially we're talking about how does the gospel intersect with mental health how do how do we think about the gospel uh, impacting mental health and specifically in the area of OCD so why don't you share a little bit about your story um, I think it's a vital question to ask and to work through because I I think I had misconceptions about how the gospel um, intersects with uh, mental health and and just with anxiety and depression um, for years I I knew I knew that I wrestled pretty intensely with anxiety, but I n- never went to counseling. I never talked to a doctor about medicine or anything like that because I thought that, well, if I go that route, that's that's worldly. Mm, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. that's disbelieving. That would be me not trusting Jesus. You know, with my anxiety, not casting my cares fully mm. on Him. So I, you know, just wrestled with anxiety, trying my best to cast my cares on Christ and um, and and he sustained me through that uh, before I ever knew I had OCD um, and I just was struggling with a lot of confusion about my thoughts and the anxiety that I had and, and felt like whenever I talked to people about it they didn't quite understand mm-hmm. um, but the Lord sustained me through that um, it sustained me in that and then in 2017, 2018, uh, it just got so bad. The thoughts got so irrational. Um, like part of me could realize, like this doesn't make sense. I should, I really shouldn't be worried about this, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. Mm. Um, and it got just got to the point where I, I, I wasn't eating um, enough. Like I just wasn't um, functioning mm. well. So I finally decided to go uh, get some to talk to a Christian counselor, um, which I was really afraid to do for a lot of different reasons. But um, I decided to do that, and then through talking with her and then some other friends who were in, I was in New Orleans at the time, and the seminary there has a Christian counseling program um, that integrates psychology with the biblical worldview. 
and um, they kept telling me, I think you have OCD. <laughs> mm, okay. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't. Was no. that the first time you had heard that kind of diagnosis clearly thrown at you? Yes. Did you know what OCD was? I thought it was being really clean. Okay. So to our listeners that are listening, it, we've talked about this before, how it's become kind of a common thing now, part of pop culture to say, oh, I'm so OCD. And what that typically means is I get enjoyment from my quirky... Uh, you know, being really particular about schedules and different things, you know, but OCD in terms of a, a diagnosis means I don't get any pleasure. Like I'm actually driven by fear and anxiety in my mind, my thoughts, what they call sticky thoughts, which can be of a violent nature, contamination, a number of different things. And that then leads to the compulsion to try to minimize the anxiety. So is that a fair summation that when someone says, oh, you're so OCD, they're really just saying that you're just kind of a control freak. And, yeah. But legitimate OCD is, I hate this, I don't like it, and I wish it didn't have it. Right. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, there's what there's, I think it's called obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Yes, OCPD. Yeah, and I okay. think that describes um, the people that enjoy their... Uh, compulsive behaviors <laughs> right right but yeah this was not something that i enjoyed um part of me even could recognize the the the, the just or the irrationality um of it and yet the anxiety just would not subside it would just get worse and so mm. i would just keep just doing i'm trying to think of an example to use. i was going to ask you if i don't want you to be uncomfortable but if you would maybe some of our listeners are thinking um, when you say irrational thoughts or scary thoughts or sticky thoughts, everyone, and that's the hard thing with, with mental health issues, is that everyone gets depressed from time to time. Mm -hmm. Everyone obsesses over something from time to time. Everyone gets a song stuck in their head that they can't not think about. Like if I told all of our listeners right now, don't think about the pink elephant and what you're thinking about the pink elephant. What do you mean when you say, well, this, this moved beyond the pale uh, just normal existence. This started to really hamper my daily life, my schedule, late to work kind of stuff. You know, yeah. what what would be an example for you? Because I can think of one for me, but I'd, I'd rather throw you under the bus first. Okay, <laughs> it's the <laughs> Christian thing this to is do. Scary, but I'll go first. <laughs> no, uh, I actually thought of one. Um, back in 2017, I was in a car accident, and uh, the accident was my fault. And um, it was a, a, a lady driving a bigger car than mine. And so she was not hurt, thankfully, um, at all. I was a little bit, but it, it, I was fine. I went home. Well, though she was fine and, and she walked away and she was checking on me, you know, after we got out of the cars and stuff, um, I just had the thought, I'm like, what if she has like an like a brain injury that she doesn't know about okay okay so then i'm like so the next morning i wake up and i'm still thinking about that and i'm like oh, i want to make sure she's alive you know so i call her just to apologize again that's the mm -hmm. excuse i used mm -hmm. just to make sure she's still alive i could tell she thought it was kind of like weird she's like i'm walking into work i'm doing fine da -da -da -da. well over the months after that like i this sounds really stalkerish, but I knew where she lived because we had to exchange information. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I drove past her house a few times to make sure there weren't, like, flowers or, like, remembrance things. Right, yeah, yeah. Know. I would check her, like, Facebook, like, LinkedIn profile. I even text her, like, Happy Mother's Day to see <laughs> if she would respond. Like, crazy <laughs> things, you know? 
but but again to our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with these types of symptoms it was fueled by fear on your part yes and probably fear of responsibility that i have caused something catastrophic yes so the, the point wasn't to stalk her for any type of violent or sexual means or any, nothing right. criminal it was a fear of I have caused this catastrophic alteration of someone's life. And so um, in front of me, there's a book on OCD, and there's many, many books on OCD, some of more help than others. But one thing that I I learned from this particular book, I won't say the title because it's not a Christian author, and I don't know how much I could commend it, but you're familiar with this book, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things there he says, working with OCD patients is, don't worry, you won't do it. Meaning, 99.9% of the time, the things that pop in our heads, um, that I've hurt someone, that I've caused something to go wrong, I, I didn't unplug the toaster and I'm going to burn the house down and that's then going to catch the neighbor's house on fire and they're going to die. Um, I'm going to yell out a blasphemous word in the middle of church or say something inappropriate. Um, a lot of these things, you, you never, you never do. And it actually represents what you would never do. Um, which I guess maybe is a, a good segue as we think about OCD. So one thing we want to be clear on here on today's episode is how does the gospel impact and inform our thinking about OCD? I think Matt did a really good job of saying that OCD is not, when we talk about that today, we're not talking about OCPD or just personality quirks or people that are controlling or like their shoes lined up in a certain way. And We're talking about people that have an inordinate fear of causing harm, of being responsible for harm, uh, saying something blasphemous, just doing something really egregious, uh, which on the one hand there's a virtue, that it's a good thing to not want to hurt other people and to, to be moral, but when you take that and, and stretch that out to a very unhealthy and inordinate place, it can lead to things like what you said. So I went through in college before I knew what OCD was. I kept checking my car door. So I would lock it, and I knew it was locked, and then I would check it. But then I would have, and I I don't think I really knew what it was, but in my mind, I think what was going on was I was having this picture of forgetting to lock it, someone breaking in, it being my fault, you know, which we're going to hopefully get into, well, how does that interact with our hearts? Because some of that is my pride. Mm. Some of that is my... um, fear of man and not wanting to let people down or be responsible for something. Um, but that inordinate fear then would make me sometimes turn around and walk the entire length of the parking lot to go check my car door again. And sometimes I was almost late to class because of it. So if, I wish I would have known then what I know now because I was suffering needlessly. But it, you know, it's not like a broken femur. And so you just kind of <laughs> go with it. Um, so we just want to be clear that OCD, although diagnoses of any kind are are somewhat malleable they're not as definitive as like a diabetes diagnosis when you say depression or OCD but it is reality right and so you've struggled with it I've struggled with it but God also saved you Mm -hmm. and he saved me so let's talk about that as Christians okay we are by God's grace thoroughgoing card-carrying followers and believers of Christ that affirm the authority and sufficiency and inerrancy of Scripture. How do we think about something like OCD in light of, I'm going to say, biblical anthropology, meaning the condition of man? Um, Obviously, we're not Darwinists, right? We're not monists. We don't think that we're just the product of evolution. We have no soul. There's no life after death. And 
it's all about chemicals and synapses. You know, we, we, we don't avow that worldview. Well, then what do we avow about how to view humanity in light of these things? So mm-hmm. what, what would you say? Yeah, I, uh, there's a lot that you could say. Um, but I would start with, you know, the, the Bible does command us and encourage us and exhort us over and over again not to be anxious, not worry, not fret. And um, OCD is not exempt from that. You know, it is, it's like, I call it anxiety on steroids. Um, and it's not something that generally you That's can... better than my description. <laughs> I said it's anxiety with diarrhea. <laughs> oh, yeah, mine's but you, let's go with better. yours. Let's go yeah, with yours. Mine's better. Um, I think that there, I don't, I don't think this, I know this. I know that the, within the world of... Um, secular psychology there's a tendency to view um, sufferers of depression anxiety OCD um, as solely as sufferers solely as victims and so when you then kind of like merge this with like a biblical worldview and like we know that we're depraved we know that that we are broken and bent by sin um, like we know that there's there are going to be sinful elements in there as well, mm-hmm. um, and do you want to add more to that? I don't want to just keep. No, going. no, no. That's okay. really helpful because you know I'm hoping our I'm hoping the people listening to this podcast are asking good questions like, okay, guys, I'll grant you that there is something to the physiology of something like OCD that it's not all in your head, it's not made up. Like they, there's something we might not know exactly what causes it or to what level serotonin and dopamine and things pay a part but i'll grant you that but if we believe in the sufficiency of scripture we also want to think biblically and that is that we know that we can't blame everything on ocd that a lot of what fuels who we are is our hearts and our sin so tell me what you think about this matt i've learned that with my OCD and my anxiety, maybe this isn't the case for everybody, but a lot of it, if I'm honest, and I really do the hard work of digging in, underneath a lot of that is a craving for a sense of control and sovereignty that I just don't have, mm. right? So if, yeah. I can, if I can check my door four or five times, which, by the way, through the right counsel, the right books, good sermons, prayer, a wonderful wife, and good friends, and all kinds of things. Um, I am way, way better than I used to be, very high-functioning, and I praise God for that. But it's still a daily battle that if I feel those those compulsions, to use the word, to get underneath those and say, I know that checking something four or five times or washing my hands four or five times is not going to make me sovereign. I can't guarantee that nothing bad's going to happen. I don't live in a black and white world. I live in a gray world. And that's why I trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. If we can agree that some of what fuels OCD is an inordinate craving for sovereignty, it would seem that a high view of God's sovereignty would be the remedy. Mm-hmm. So do you agree or disagree? How have you processed the, the, the underlying motivators for OCD at a heart level. Yeah, I do agree. I would add one layer beneath that, at least from my experience, is it starts with, um, like you brought up earlier, like a fear of man, 
Um, for me, generally, it's either a fear of man, how I will be perceived by people, by the world, um, and by the people in my life, or um, a fear of suffering and discomfort. Hmm. So when I got into that car accident, and I was afraid she was going to you know, drop dead of like a, a brain injury or something, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to jail, you know, for vehicular homicide. I was researching that stuff all the time, you know, and um, it so that was kind of like the base, the baseline. And then kind of that that vain attempt at sovereign control. How can I eliminate this from happening or just convince myself that it's not going to happen? Mm. Well, I'll just make sure she's, you know, okay and make sure she's alive. And, sure. I, you know, called her the next day and she's fine and I feel better for a little bit. And then that afternoon, it comes back. Yeah, the thought. And that's the, if you notice too, if if you're hearing this for the first time or maybe never stopped to think about it, obsessive compulsive disorder. The obsession comes first, typically, a sticky thought, an obsessive thought. And the compulsion is done, whether that's washing the hands multiple times or retracing your steps or even bordering on superstitious things. Like I heard of one lady with OCD who couldn't walk into a room until she tapped both sides of the door threshold. Mm. It's superstitious activity, but it's something to try to relieve the anxiety. So I recognize what time it is. We're going to have to start landing the plane. So here's what we're going to do very quickly. We're talking about how the gospel informs our thinking of OCD. We have said thus far that OCD, even though diagnoses are never 100% on, uh, is helpful in the sense of we're talking about this fearful, dreadful compulsion, typically motivated by the fear of responsibility or causing harm, that moves OCD sufferers to try to relieve that tension. Um, and it can lead to things like washing your hands multiple times, or it might even just be in your head, um, repeated prayers, different things. But we also know that as Christians, we view ourselves as embodied souls, that we do have to consider physiological factors. I have no doubt that in my life there are physiological factors that contribute to the way I'm wired. But I also have to realize that I'm a sinner who craves an idolatrous level of control <laughs> that is not mine to have. Mm -hmm. And those two things collide. So with the 90 seconds we have left, Matt, I'm going to throw it back to you. What hope would you offer if someone's logging on and they themselves or maybe one of their children or grandchildren or a good friend at church, um, everyone kind of knows and maybe they know that it's probably OCD, but maybe the person like you and, and I would put myself in that boat early on, they, they don't know how to think about medication. They don't know, is it sinful? Is it not? Should I get counseling? Should I not? Is it all in my head? Maybe I just need to pray more. Um, as a guy who loves Jesus and believes in the authority of Scripture, how would you counsel that person? Um, very briefly, I would say that there's a way to utilize medication and counseling um, in a way that may not honor the Lord. Um, if you are viewing it as your primary savior um, in your the primary foundation that you're going to stand on in this struggle with OCD or whatever it is, um, you know, that's where, where does Jesus come into that? Um, I, but I also think that there is a way, and I, this is what I'm trying to do, to utilize medication and the, and the good things that um, the 
psychology can give to us in a way that does honor the Lord. Mm. You know, I'm not I'm not looking to medication or to um, CBT or anything like that to be the ultimate fix. This is just a tool, you know, that I'm using, and my goal ultimately is I just want to I want my head to be clearer to see Jesus to enjoy Jesus to worship Jesus mm. and I think that's honoring to the yeah, Lord man. so the, the the medication and the counseling and all these things are means correct to turn down the volume maybe in your head to a level that you can read your Bible you can you can lay hold of the primary means of grace but you just got to turn down the volume and the repetitive thoughts I yeah, think that's yeah right. that's a great way to think about it I I feel like we could do multiple segments on this um, if we get feedback from you guys you know personally or through emails or texts that maybe you want this conversation to continue on or maybe go a little bit deeper I Matt, would you be willing to come back and do that? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to pray and just point you guys back to Psalm 139, that the Lord knows our thoughts from afar. He knows what is truly sinful, and he knows what is just garbage passing through our heads. And so um, let's trust him with the one who knows our thoughts from afar, and even, even our worst thoughts. Is the gospel not enough? Can the blood of Christ not cover those things? Well, absolutely they can. So let me pray for us, and we'll log off for today. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for my brother Matt and his candor. I thank you that you've saved him. I thank you that even though he and I both struggle daily with the remnants of OCD, we are not completely blown over by it, God. And we thank you for all the means of grace that you've used to bring us to that place. And we pray for our brothers and sisters who are listening, that they themselves or people that they love are struggling and often feel hopeless and maybe ashamed. God, would you bless them? I think of John Bunyan. I think of Martin Luther. I think of Spurgeon and all the saints um, down through the years that whether it be OCD or scrupulosity or depression have had to lean heavily upon Christ and they have found a sympathetic high priest. And I trust that you will do the same for us. So we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for listening to Redeemer Radio and we will catch you next time.